people spend a lifetime searching for their purpose. Come walk in my shoes as I find mine. You're now listening to The JK Experience. Going, okay, I'm gonna take full responsibility for the happiness in my life. Good for you, you feel you're talented in that. Pursue that, who gives a crap what everybody else says, right? When you are disciplined about how you take action on the things that you desire to accomplish, does it make you better? Absolutely. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the JK Experience. All right, I told you, we're going to come back to session number two with Brandon Daigle and uh, 117 hard. I just tell all, every time I say that number, it kind of it kind of scares me, man. Like 75 hard was hard enough. I, I, I remember celebrating seven, day 76. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't imagine what your day at 117 was like. Yeah, it was actually uh, pretty much like the last day other than I didn't take a picture. Other yeah. than that, I pr- did everything else the same. I know. Isn't it funny? Like when, when Kate and I uh, got done, it was a Saturday and you know, that week going up to it, I'm like, okay, I can't wait. I'm going to have like cocoa puffs and I can't wait to have like uh, bacon again or like whatever it was. I just like, it's going to be so amazing. I'm going to have some Bailey's in my coffee or, you know, it's just like, and then it came and I'm like, I don't want that. No, yeah. I just, I don't, I don't want that. You fantasize about all these things you thought you were missing and then the day comes and really the only other thing that changed is I had some wine, Yeah. And, and, but it was also a Friday. And so my diet that I had chosen didn't allow me to have, I did a pescatarian diet on the second half of it uh-huh. and uh, I couldn't have beef because it was Friday of Lent. Oh, like, yes, I, I right. couldn't, yes, I couldn't right. have a steak and I had <laughs> fantasized this whole time. I was going to have the biggest, fattest steak and red wine and I ended up having a delicious walleye instead, but yeah. it was pretty much the same diet. It's so funny, yeah. man. It's just, yeah, it's amazing. You just get trained and then you're like, I just really don't want that in my body. Or like, I don't want to go get that bag of Doritos. And, you know, to this day, I still haven't gone to like McDonald's or a fast food. Like, I still don't like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good, man. I, I don't, I don't need that. Right. I've learned, and you learn those habits. It's back to the habits, right? You form those habits over 75 days that now your reflex isn't even to go to the fast food right. place. It's still to go to the, the fruit fruit section of the grocery store. Yeah. And not only that, I think you have such a better understanding of what you're putting in. You know, one of the things you talked about last night, so I just do a real quick, real quick recap is number one takeaway was having faith and what that faith looks like for internally for yourself, uh, feed your body and feed your mind. And once again, feeding your body, you start having a a better appreciation of everything you're putting into it and why you're putting into it. Cause you do go from, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm putting all this stuff in and this is where I'm getting my energy sources from. And then you, you change that diet up and you're like, ah, what am I doing to get the energy sources? Because you no longer are using the ones that you used to before. Right. And your, and your body is actually craving more of, of the good stuff. Right. Yes. And you've programmed your body now through all this physical activity and the daily a need for that. So now your body's still looking for those same nutrients that you've been feeding it. And so if you, like, you can notice within an, like a half an hour, if your body's not at that rate that it was at before, mm-hmm. it falls off very quickly and you become acutely aware of when that is. That's exactly right. Uh, another one for you is empathy and of course, vulnerability. So I just, man, those are awesome takeaways. I really want to get into, um, you, you lacked self accountability. Like, that's a powerful one too, right there, man. Like I, I look at all of one of these, it's like, dude, this, this is a big one. This is a deep one. This is like, there's deeper, there's more meaning to this. So d- talk to us about lacked, uh, you lack self-accountability. Yeah. So I, I, you know, 
being exposed to a lot of reading, one of the ones that I read was Millionaire Success Habits by Dean Graziosi. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how we program ourselves. Again, this is all about mental programming and physical programming and habits. But what you do is you let yourself down over and over again, and then it becomes the norm. And if you let that slide on every single little thing, like back to the details of what you do on a daily basis is you let yourself down and you're like, hey, I should get up at five o'clock. Well, you hit the snooze button once. And then you hit it twice and then yeah. you hit it three times. And now it's 6.30 and you're like, man, I let myself down. Mm-hmm. You do that over the course of 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And now you're not holding yourself accountable to anything. Mm-hmm. And then you don't let other people hold you accountable. I mean, so many times I've, I've started to realize uh, how important it is to hold each other accountable and to allow yourself to be held accountable by your friends and your peers and your inner circle of people. And when someone holds you accountable, don't get mad at them. Don't get defensive, but say, hey, you're right. Like, yeah. thanks for holding me accountable. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had some people when I when I reset at day 42 were like, hey, no big deal. Just start over. That wasn't your fault. But that was like the first tipping point for me to say, I have to hold myself to a higher standard because yeah. no one else is going to. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's because we don't want to be mean to each other. We want to let people, we want to be encouraging to people. But we're really doing each other a disservice when we don't hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we also have to do is give people permission to hold us accountable. That's big. I'm so glad you said that because it is so important, right? Uh, yeah, you say that and then I'll, I'll follow up with it. Yeah, so when someone would call you, if you were doing something out of line or out of what you said, like you you didn't follow through on something, they're like, hey, man, last week you were going to tell me about this, whatever this product is. And you're like, yeah, man, sorry, I didn't get that. And they're like, yeah, don't worry about it, not a big deal. Yeah, I've started to say, you need to give me that when you said you were going to get it. Otherwise, I'm going to quit calling on you, and I'm going to quit depending on you. Yeah. Just like I've quit depending on myself or I had quit depending on myself to execute, I'd always let myself slide. Yeah. And and some people say, well, you're too hard on yourself. Well, maybe we're not hard hard enough on ourselves too often. Right. Yeah, you know, I had a situation. Um, this is a perfect example of what you talked about is having permission, right, where um, I did – I did dive deep into a conversation with a gentleman and I really counted, I, I, you know, I, I ca- called him out on some things that I knew that he just wasn't being accountable to. And he took, trem- I mean, he took a lot of offense to it, right? It ruined that relationship. And as I was looking back on it, like, man, how did I screw that up? I mean, cause everything I was telling him was the truth, right? Everything I was like, dude, like everybody knows that you are, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I looked back at it and it was this aha moment. It was, you know, really, it was that in that reflection time when God's going, you know, hey, listen, you never asked permission to go there. You never asked permission if you could give him accountability in his life. And that was a game changer for me to say, you know, from here on out, I got to have permission from people to be able to have that conversation with them. But once again, like you're saying, and you have to give yourself permission to have that conversation with yourself, right? Absolutely. And that's, it was awesome that you brought that up. Yeah, so one of the things I've been is more intentional with my friends and and not even just my friends, but my coworkers and my peers and everybody. I said, look, if I don't follow through on what I said I'm doing, you need to tell me that yes. I didn't do it because we're, we're, we're so scared of angering somebody or making them upset or making them defensive. But if they don't know that I'm okay with that and I can I can have thick skin, yeah. then they're not going to hold me accountable. Yeah. And it, it all comes down to being efficient with our time and our energy and what we're doing, right? So... If I say I'm going to deliver on this date and I don't, it's costing me time and money. Mm-hmm. It's costing you time and money, which is a disservice to all of us in that mm-hmm. in the business sense. If you think about that as a, it pertains to like a personal relationship and you say, hey, man, we're going to meet on Saturday and we're going to go for a walk. Well, if you don't show up 
you know, within five minutes of when we said, I'm gone. I'm yeah. not going to stick around and wait yeah. for you because I have some other commitment later on that might be to my kids or to my wife or whatever it is. And so you can apply it to both personal and professional uh, um, circumstances. Yeah. One of the things that I started to do is I have a, a couple of friends who I've got really close with, and I said, look, this is my expectation for the next 24 months of myself. Mm-hmm. If you don't see me hitting these milestones, you need to call me on it, and you need to check in. Also check in, right, if, especially if it's a long-term goal, and you say, hey, I got a 75-day challenge I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Don't wait until day 70 to ask if I'm doing well, right? Right. Yeah. Ask me on day two. Yeah. Ask me on day four. Mm-hmm. And I expect that of you. And guess what? If you don't hold me accountable, I'm going to hold you accountable that you didn't hold me accountable. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and I need that. I need to constantly have that kind of feed in that two-way street between people. Yeah. And tell telling people that you allow them to hold you accountable, they'll do it. Yeah. But you have to make that initiation and you have to start start there. Yeah, that's awesome, bud. Love love the takeaway. That's that's huge. That, that's very big. Um, I, this one, number six, I am worthy. That's an open gate right there, but I'm just going to say I am worthy. Okay, t- talk to me about that, man. It, it comes from the self-fulfilling prophecy of either success or failure. Okay. Right? And so it, it can be seen as um, coming out as a lot of self-love, right? How is, how is anybody supposed to want to be around me if I am constantly projecting a, a voice of negativity or a voice of, of um, defensiveness or whatever it might be that's a negative uh, light? And what I what I realized is that that's how I saw myself. Like I was constantly letting myself down, and therefore, why would I ever expect myself to be successful? Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like a self sabotaging, self fulfilling prophecy of, well, I'm not worthy of having uh, a good family, or I'm not worthy of making enough money, or I'm not worthy of being in shape. Well, yeah, if that's how you think about yourself, then you're never going to be in shape. You're not going to wake yeah. up one day and be the physical specimen that you are without putting in the time and the effort and thinking that you can obtain that. You're not going to have the wealth that you hope to have. You're not. Someone's not going to wake up one day and go, hey, here's a check for you know a million bucks. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You have to figure that out on your own, and then you can project it to, to out. Uh, once you've internalized it, you can project it out, and then you realize that that starts to become who you are and you yeah. realize those expectations. Yeah, it starts with yourself first, man. And we, we talk about this all the time is you have to lead yourself first before you're even capable of leading other people. And unfortunately, oftentimes people are trying to lead others and they're forgetting that they're, the biggest person they can lead is that person that they're staring at in the mirror. Absolutely. So I, I love that, man. Uh, patience. Oh, man, dude, I, like, I could totally relate to this. <laughs> so I don't know where you're going to go with it, but patience in my world would be... A mo- I, I can't have enough of it. So what does it mean in your world? Well, uh, I don't know if you can tell by how fast I talk, but I'm really struggling with patience on a daily <laughs> basis, right? Right. Uh, part of uh, understanding what patience is, it's not just like waiting for something. Like, you know, I learned a lot of patience when I started to have kids. I don't know if anybody that doesn't have kids has patience, but if you have kids, you learn patience. Right. That's You're exactly right. Worse to. Mm-hmm. And so for me, uh, in a time where we're you know, a time of instant gratification and, and the me now and, you know, I can get I can get whatever hit of dopamine I need by looking at Facebook or Instagram really quickly. Yeah. But understanding that I need to think about things that are 5, 10, 20, 75 days away and having patience to understand and trust the process, mm-hmm. right? This forces you, like, I wanted to get to day 75 as fast as I could, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But you get to day 42 and you have to start over and you're like, man. I got to start over on day one. I got to be patient and understand that this process is where I need to be. Mm-hmm. And understanding that planning, not just five days out or 10 days out, but 
five years out. You know, one thing that you said that I really took to heart was, who do you want to be a year from now? Mm -hmm. And what does it take to be that person a year from now? You're not going to be that person overnight. Just like waking up and, you know, being in the peak physical specimen that you are, it doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. Same happens with personal goals. Same happens with relationship goals. Same happens with financial goals. And so understanding that you have to be patient and sometimes you just have to slow down and it'll actually happen faster. Yeah. That's a hard thing for me and my yeah. personality type to, to come to understand. Um, but, but the process of going through 75 Howard made me realize that patience is something uh, that isn't just waiting around. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing, man. I love it. Love the takeaway. Uh, number eight, Hey, more growth through failure, um, is not just a way not to achieve uh, your goals. So talk about that, like more growth through failure. Cause Dude, uh, you know, it's funny, uh, this concept about failing is, uh, I've always struggled with it because most of the people that I talk to, um, they're, they're, when they talk about failure, they talk about uh, failure in the um, like kind of one-dimensional part of it, right? It's like, oh, that project failed and, you know, that sucks. Or, hey, listen, we submitted for this and that failed and, yeah, we're going to learn a lesson from it. And for me, it's like failure is a personal thing. Failure is a uh, something that you personally went through that you won't ever get that back or that opportunity potentially back. Or maybe failure is going bankrupt, right? Or losing a business. Or, uh, you know, you can just, you can open that up on the emotional side of it. What does that mean when you say more growth through failure? Yeah, so this goes back to like playing sports as, as a kid, right? Like coach always said, you learn more when you lose than when you win, mm-hmm. right? Because when you win, you're you're elated, you're excited, you're like, hey, we beat them, and then we don't really go back and look at the tape as closely as we did when we lose. Mm-hmm. This is like kind of reflecting on that as like going back to the tape, right? Like looking at okay, we didn't get the approval of this project on the first try, but what did we? What mistakes did we make, and what weren't we clear about early on that would have made it a success to start? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on one of the projects that I was talking about earlier, we actually had a second chance opportunity. And going through the process of failing the first time, it actually strengthened the project and strengthened our position when we had to look and reflect on ourselves as to where we messed up early on. And so when when the time came around and we had the second chance at the project, we actually had more collective buy-in and it made the project that much stronger by realizing where we had failed on the first on the first time. And so for me, um, putting yourself out there, first of all, to be in a position of failure is a big piece of that. Right. Oh, if, yeah. That's... If we're not pushing ourselves to, to be in an uncomfortable position, we're not going to grow, right? It's really easy to sit at home and, and not put yourself out there either emotionally or financially or physically. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to grow when you're sitting at home doing what you've always done and not going to grow when you don't fail. And so for me, on the other side of, of failure – is looking at the example of, of Edison when he created the light bulb, mm-hmm. right? He yeah. failed a thousand times. Yeah. Failed. He didn't fail. He just took a thousand steps to get to this to the ultimate result of his of his of his invention. Yeah, he found all the ways not to to make an, a light bulb, right? Yeah, and that's what he said. And so that was pretty, yeah. a pretty really great mindset, right? That shift in the mindset. Right. Uh, devil, you know, you talked about this. Devil's in the details. This was number nine for you, but you alluded to that to this um, on the first podcast. But obviously, it warranted for you to put it into number nine. So obviously, it was a pretty big thing for you. We know, you know, you had to start over on day forty-two. Um, talk about the devils and the details for you, and why that was such an impact. Yeah. So mostly, part of this is slowing down, right, and understanding that if I take the time to focus on what's in front of me, 
and not worry about the next five things that I have to do after this meeting or after tomorrow or whatever it might be, but focus on what's in front of me. Mm-hmm. That is going to be more fruitful and more successful and more aligned with my vision of what I'm executing at that time. And it's actually going to ultimately put me in the next position that I need to be to achieve my goals down the line. If I'm constantly letting other distractions bombard whatever whatever's in front of me, it's going to slow down my efficiency of that task. Yeah. And so being able to slow down and focus on the details of what's in front of me allows me to be more successful and get to my goals quicker. You end up kind of diluting your energy over multiple tasks or multiple projects. None of them really get the attention they deserve or warrant. And then you're, you're at the end of the day, you're kind of strung out and you look back and you're like, what did I do today? What did I accomplish? Because tomorrow I have to look at the same five tasks that I was looking at today. Yeah. Whereas if I'd have focused on one task or two tasks, I'd only have three to look at tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so for me, slowing down and focusing on those details uh, allows me to t- obtain my goals quicker because had I not messed up on my diet, I would have been done 42 days sooner. Right. Right. But I didn't take the five seconds to read the label that forced me to start over and cost me 42 days. Yeah. Yeah. So. It cost you 42 days. But once again, I think one of the things you alluded to is that you needed that. You need, you know, you wouldn't have been you wouldn't have been uh, achieving all of the things and getting all of the stuff that you went through if you would have quit at 75, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, you know. It I was, had faith in the process, you right? Needed, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, you know, number 10 here, uh, this is a powerful one because, you know, I, I and because and I, I can relate to this one, man. And this was something that um, I, I identified with. And I never thought, as I've told so many people, is that, you know, one of the things I didn't want to do 75 hard for is because I didn't want to give up my alcohol. I didn't want to give up my beverages. I didn't want to give up wine with the wife. I didn't want to give up, you know, my drinks over the weekend. And uh, it, it, that was probably the biggest, one of the biggest takeaways I took from my experience. And for you to say, listen, I'm more fun. I have more fun when I'm sober. I mean, that really strikes a chord with me because I know personally how much of an impact it made for me uh, for you, like, what was that? What was that like for you? Because that was 117 days, dude. I did 75, but 117. It, obviously, your top 10, man, and it was a big deal for you. Yeah, it was huge. One of the things I never realized until I got, you know, 10 or 15 days into it, it was really how many days a week I'd have a drink. Yes. And it wasn't like I was going to the bar and drinking for three hours from happy hour on, like mm-hmm. having a six pack every day. Mm-hmm. But I would have, you know, a, a business meeting and then I'd have a family dinner and then I'd have another business meeting and then my fishing buddies would want to get together. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's four days into the week and I've drank every single day. Yeah. And it, and I don't think I had a problem, but it was obviously part of, part of the habit of my life and the routine of my life. Mm-hmm. And what I also thought it was doing was it was uh, inhibiting me. You know, it, you kind of let your guard down after you have a glass of wine and you start to maybe socialize or talk more. What you thought you were having a deeper conversation with somebody because all of a sudden you're both having a glass of wine or a beer. Right. You were actually having like a more shallow conversation because you've diluted the ability to think at a higher level. Yeah. Right. And so what I recognized was one, I had a lot more money in my pocket because I wasn't yeah, drinking as right. often. Right? Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, it felt really good to buy other people drinks and then me have a water or ginger beer or something. Ginger beer, right? Ginger beer is Seriously. awesome. Lifesaver. I, I love it. I, you know, honestly, I, I've never been a hard liquor guy, but every time I had my little ginger beer and I get it in a short glass, it looked like I was drinking Crown. And yeah. I'm like, 
Cheers, brother. <laughs> so that's the psychological cue, it, right? right? Yes, totally. It is. It's a cue, a, a yes. social cue, right? Yes. So I felt like I fit in because I had a ginger beer in my hand. Yeah. And I and I didn't miss out on anything, yeah. right? Yeah. And the other fun part of this for me was I got to be the designated driver quite a bit for my friends. Uh-huh. So then I'm actually more comfortable being that that um role in the night where my friends can say, Hey, we can have as much fun as we want, and Brandon's gonna take care of us when we have yeah. to go home. And that's my role anyway. Like I like that role. Yeah. And so for me, it kind of added another like benefit to being a friend of Brandon is, hey, he's sober right now. He'll give us a free ride home. Mm-hmm. And I got to make sure that my friends got home safe and I didn't have to worry about them. Yeah. And you felt better in the morning, by the way. Every it's single day. It's amazing how much more Every energy day. you have, the clarity. I mean, it just, it's, it, and it, you know, it takes, it's interesting, you know, going through that first week, I'm like, I, I was, I was in, always waking up going, okay, am I going to feel like Superman today? Am I going to feel amazing today? Am I, you know, like, am I going to, no, actually you're just, your body's going to be optimal and you're actually going to feel like you should feel right. And, but it wasn't until probably about day 10 to 12 that I started to understand like, this feels really good. Like I don't really want to have that beverage. Right. I mean, like it came to a point where like, I really am totally fine not having it. I really enjoy yeah, and not having them. Absolutely. And waking up every day, knowing that you're not going to have a hangover or potentially have a hangover. Right. Uh, that, that kind of clarity and, again, it goes back to what you're feeding your mind and feeding your body, right? It's part of the diet that you're you're feeding your body. And so your body doesn't crave that anymore or, or the sugars that are in it. And on the mind side of things, I would have conversations with people. Like I said, you're going to have a deeper conversation because you can, you're physically capable of having it. Yeah. And guess what? I could remember the conversation too, right? right? Yeah. So there's a, there's a better, uh, deeper meaning and connection with those people that I'm having those conversations with. Yeah. So yeah. it was it was it was uh, beneficial on multiple fronts. For I sure. did find it sometimes frustrating having sober conversations with drunk people, though. So that was not always fun. Yeah, that that does get a little taxing. But <laughs> you, know? you learn empathy through the process, yeah, so right. you understand where they're coming yeah, from. Yeah, you're like, I You've don't want to have there. that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number eleven, uh, I love this too because I, I've um, I've said this uh, and I I, I, I love it. Um, I get to instead of I have to. Uh, that is so important. If you have conversations with people, they're usually saying, "Oh, I have to go do this. I have to go do this. I have to go do this," and and you realize through this process that you were able to say, I get to so many more times, I guess. So absolutely waking up every day. Like if you get if you get into a routine where you're waking up earlier, some people say, I, I have to get up and go to the gym. No, you get to go up, yeah. get up and go to the gym. There's yeah. people that don't wake up every day with that same opportunity that you have. Mm-hmm. There's people that wake up and they're like, I have to go to work at four in the morning because I have two other jobs that I have to do to support my family. Mm-hmm. They're in a different position. That's again, going back to empathy and perspective of where you're at in life is I get to do these things. I get to go take my kids to do things that other people don't have that opportunity to do. And so having the opportunity to work now and in this state of our economy, I get to go to work. Mm -hmm. I don't have to get up and go to work. I get to go to work. And that's that, that, that mindset. And, and I still slide and I slip and I'm like, man, I have to go do this. But I'm I'm evolving it right now as we speak. Yeah, I love it, man. Number twelve, say something if something should be said. Oh my god! Like seriously, like you've alluded to it before. You've got these friends now that you have that freedom to do that with, right? But that's uh, it is an it's a powerful takeaway, man. So let's talk about it. Yeah. So both in uh, in times of praise and criticism, I think we don't say enough, right? So if someone's doing something wrong or mistreating someone around you, say something. Mm-hmm. We again, it goes back to well, I don't want to be disappointing or I don't want to offend somebody. Well, if it's wrong and we know it's wrong, then say something about it. Mm-hmm. Likewise, if someone's doing something great, 
lift them up, support them, let them know that you're watching and you appreciate what they're doing. I have a friend who last night, uh, he did a live Facebook uh, cast and he said, Hey, where are all my night owls? It's like at 10 30, 11 o'clock last night. And I just wrote just as a word of encouragement because he's putting himself out there. He's being vulnerable uh-huh. late night to try and promote something that's really great for our state right now. Uh-huh. And he's saying, who's out there to support me? And, you know, there's a half a dozen people that are on there, or maybe 20 people. But by actually writing something, taking the energy to say something like, glad you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. Keep up the good work. Yeah. You know how many times I've in the last 70 days or, you know, once I realized this, I started to do this more often. But every interaction I have with somebody that's a teller or at a store when I'm buying a coffee or something, I try to make an effort to give them a compliment. Mm-hmm. If you And I started to realize there's a lot of really pe- uh, people with a lot of really cool hairdos out there, okay. like colored hair. Okay. And that's something that people are being vulnerable that I've realized that they're putting themselves out there. They're, they're doing some sort of crazy hairstyle and they're doing it maybe to get noticed, mm-hmm. but they're also being vulnerable out there by, by being out in the public and saying, hey, people might not like that. Yeah. But that's you, and I appreciate you being you. And so letting them know that you appreciate them and, like, hey, I like your hairstyle. Like, you know know how many smiles you get out of people by just telling them that? Yeah, and people are starving for it, brother. Oh, yeah. You know, they they, people are starving for attention in the sense that they want people just to acknowledge them. Yeah. So, And on the flip side, you know, from a a criticism standpoint, you don't just say don't do that or don't be that way. It's, hey, have you thought about Mm -hmm. maybe this approach? And so – understanding how you deliver the message. You don't just call people out on if they're doing something wrong. You mm-hmm. say, hey, have you thought about this before? I had a couple of buddies, again, same group of friends. We were talking about doing this kind of daily ritual. And we got into about 10 days, and I said, hey, have you guys started that? And they're like, no, what are you talking about? I said, I've done it every single day. Neither yeah. of you done it? Yeah. 10 days later, we got together again and go, hey, how's that ritual? They're like, haven't done it yet. I go, you guys are kidding me, right? Mm-hmm. You guys are letting me down by believing that you are going to do it. You've now let me down for 20 days. Yeah. And they're both like, yeah, you're right. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I didn't know if you were actually going uh, to to talk about that situation. And I think it was so important because you were in a situation where like out of anybody who had an excuse not to do it, you didn't have to do it. And you stepped into the plate, uh, stepped up to the plate for that. And here's these guys that should have been doing it. They should have been the ones going, dude, yeah, this, this is powerful. I'm so glad we we did it. Cause this was part of that Kingsman uh, rise event that you were part of. And it, it was awesome. I mean, for me, I just learned, I, I just appreciated you calling them out on it because once again, if anybody had an excuse, you had it and you wouldn't allow that to happen. So kudos to you for doing that, man. Yeah, man, and it, it's and it's not about me. The praise that I get from that, it isn't about me. Right. It's about what they offer to the world by yes. actually executing what they said they were going to do. Yeah, that's exactly right? right. Yeah, and it talks about a lot of stuff that you're you're talking about in these thirteen takeaways. All right, so number thirteen, man, I love it, dude. Show up, like show up, especially on the bad days, especially on the tough days. And you know, there are a lot of tough days through one hundred seventeen hard. There really are. And I love that you, that was your 13th one because it is such an impact just to show up because that's sometimes all you have. Absolutely. You know, I, in my career, I get to talk to a lot of high school kids and some of the advice in the leadership classes is, you know, what's the best advice you can give to us now? And I said, just show up. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get, if you're in high school or if you're in, in junior high or even in college, if you show up, you're going to get a B. Right, just being present yeah. in in those in that in that format and that in that structure, you're going to get a B in life. If you show up, you're probably going to be successful. Mm-hmm. It's those guys, those people that don't show up, 
that stay on the sidelines, that don't put themselves out there, that continue to wonder why they're not getting ahead in life. Yeah. And it's because they don't put themselves out there. You know, I've, uh, through this process and all the reading that you do because you read 10 pages a day, mm-hmm. um, really got exposed to some really good content. And one of the things that um, I tried to focus on was kind of those habits of what you do that reinforces good behaviors or positive reflection of things. Right. And I came across the quote, and if I can share it with you, I'd love to do it because it's really impactful to me, and it's something that kind of kept me going on a daily basis to show up. Yeah. And if, okay. if I can, I'd like to share it. So it's by this uh, lady named Heidi Pribe. And what she says, it's a much, much longer excerpt, but it, just a piece of it says, just be the freaking person who cares more. Be the person who tries harder, loves stronger, gives more of a shit than all the other half-alive people who surround them. Be the person who answers their messages, shows up to their commitments, and doesn't leave others hanging or, or guessing at their eternally vague intentions. Be the person you wish you were dating. If you're sick of the game, then stop playing it. And if you're tired of the BS, then cut it. Because the last thing the world needs is one more indifferent person. If you're the only one left with passion, use it. Use the hell out of it. And at the end of your life, go out with a bruised up, worn out heart that gave too much, loved too strongly, and felt too fiercely. Go out with the certainty that you gave it everything you had and didn't hold anything back. Go out empty-handed when it comes to should-haves and might-have-beens because it's an infinitely more fulfilling way to live than the alternative. It will always be more honorable to be out in the field getting trampled on and to be sidelined feeling superior for never having tried. That, for me, was one of the things that I read. I made that a bookmark in all my books. And so as I read 10 pages, I read that every morning or every night before I went to bed. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. Just care more. Love more. Put yourself out there more. And and you'd be shocked at how much the world returns to you. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, man. You know, once again, I I, you know... (laughs) It's funny. There's so many. There's so many opportunities that you know. There's so many diets you can go through. There's so many you know uh, training programs that you can go through. And and uh, you know this once again, 75 hard. Um, it's just amazing how much it exposes you to the things that you can become. Right. And uh, I, I'm just so proud of you for doing it. I'm so proud that you went 117 days in it, man. And you know that's, here's a great thing about it. Right. Even though the program has ended. Everything that it has done for you, for us, for me, for the people that I know that have also done it, it doesn't stop there, right? Now it's like the next chapter, right? And like you're more on fire than you've ever been on your life. You're more confident than the man that you are in becoming, right? You're, you're, you're a better dad for it. You're a better business owner for it, right? And now it's like, how do I help other people experience what this did in my life? Because I know that it will make an impact in their life. Absolutely. And that's what it is, is, is what you feed yourself and what you put out in the world is getting into that next level. Like, I feel like I've just barely set the table of what's possible. Yeah. And now, like you, having an impact on others around you, that's my goal is to, and they might not be ready to do 75 hard. I've had a lot of people that have told me, yeah, I'm doing a 30 soft, which is yeah. like a couple of the things, yeah. which is awesome. <laughs> do two things that are different right. than what you did yesterday and right. you're going to notice a change. Yeah. Um, so you know, being able to have an impact, a positive impact on people, you know, is for me the next level of where I'm going and trying to figure out what the next 75 days or, or seven months looks like. Yeah. Um, I'm taking a little pause, uh, not fully, not completely regressing, but trying to figure out how to harness this energy and what I've learned yeah. uh, in a positive light. 
Yeah, I think it's really important. I mean, that once again, just kind of going through this is that how do I not go back to the old me, but how do I, you know, how do I have balance in my life again? Right. You know, and, and it's a, it is, it is, it's a challenge. I'm not going to lie. So I, I would really recommend you continue to talk to those that you've had in your sphere, uh, continue to talk through that and walk through that. But, um, I tell you what, man, you'll never be the same person. Uh, you know, having gone through it, uh, the last day we did, it was, uh, the end of November or the beginning of no- November 13th, I think. And, you know, it's still in impacted me every single day from, from then on. Right. I still haven't had McDonald's, which is great. Uh, and I've had more balance in my life and I have more clarity in my life. And so uh, I know you're going to be there too. And I just really uh, encourage you to continue that impact. You know, you guys out there, you're listening to this. I, once again, I just encourage you, um, you know, Brandon's story is, is impactful. And for, if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I need something different. I need, like, I need a wake up call in my life. Uh, I'd encourage you, you know, go listen to Andy for Sally's uh, 75 hard podcast. Look at that. T- you know, reach out to Brandon. Uh, reach out to to us, and you know, instant message in here, and we can get you um, all of the things that. I didn't do a spreadsheet like Dan, Brandon did. He did an amazing spreadsheet about everything he did every day. I just had a little thing on my my phone where I'm just like check mark, check mark, check mark, uh, and I added a few little things too uh, to it. But we would love to share share our stories a little bit more. We'd love to be an encouragement to you because, uh, as you can tell, it has been a tremendous impact for your life, Brandon. I know it has for me, for Kate, and those that have been on our group when we did it. Um, any any words that you want to just share and uh, in, in part to those that are listening to this? Absolutely. I think one of the things that 75 Hard uh, doesn't include is a commitment to others as you're going through the journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and my group, the guys that did it, I did it with, one of the things that we said is they should make you have an accountability partner or yeah. partners. Yeah. Um, even one partner could let you down and you could let each other slide. But having a, 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 a tripod of people, you're able to be more – it sets you up for success in a way that you didn't understand you needed. Yeah. And it allows you to form bonds that you didn't know you were capable of forming. Yes. And so if you can find one or two people to join you in this journey or whatever journey you're on, uh, whether it's a program or whether it's just how you go through life, find one or two people that you can count on every day that no matter what, if if you're in a hard spot, they'll be there for you and you'll mm-hmm. get through it together. And, yeah. and it's much easier to go through life with others than it is by yourself. That's exactly right, man. Love it, dude. Well, everybody, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode number two. We did get through all of them, man. All 13. Great, brother. I hope you guys didn't uh, share this. Just go share. You know you need to. You know you need to. Wait, before you go, we want you to know how thankful we are for you listening to the JK Experience. You're the reason we keep sharing valuable content every week. If you found any value in this podcast, please subscribe to our channel and write us an honest review. We want to know what you think so that we can grow with you. We'll catch you next time.